Hello there, this is Dorothy Brown from Out of the Frying Pan. Hope you're all well and we have a slight change and I'd like to introduce you to Alan Coote who is going to be my co-presenter going forward. And Alan and I have been discussing change and going from one frying pan to perhaps another, uh, such as when you change careers. And we've been having quite a discussion about changing of careers. Well, we've both been been there, haven't we? Yeah. Ch- changed our careers at some point, going from, I think, out of the frying pan, mm. arguably, into another frying pan. Yes, absolutely. Arguably. Yeah. And I think it's a, it was an interesting thing to think about, really, because there are a lot of people, I guess, that are in their corporate job now. Yeah. And, and they have a speciality. There's something that they're passionate about. There's a whole worry and they've got the thing on the shoulder and they're going, yeah. oh, I don't know if I could do this. But looking around, there's lots and lots of instances of people who have made that big jump. Mm. A lot of famous people. For some of them, it's a natural progression from one to another. And we've been talking about sports people who's sports life is going to come to an end. There's no two ways. Even Roger Federer has come to an end because he can't continue anymore. So for him, it's what's next, what's what's going to happen. It's coming away from one career and going into another. Yeah, so you're saying, I think, there that that, that that natural progression happens in certain fields. Yes. Sports. Yes. I can imagine politics. Everything ends in tears in politics. Yeah. <laughs> and... Those sort of things do do occur to me. So, in in terms of sports people, I happen to know, and I was I'm going to name drop here. Yeah. I was talking to Roger Black. Oh, Roger Black. And it was only a brief conversation, mm-hmm. that, and we were at this this little thing that was happening, and I got around to talking to him. I thought I must record this. Well, maybe you could explain exactly who Roger Black because you went oh like swooning over Roger Black. <laughs> maybe you could explain who Roger Black is. So Roger Black is a 400 meter runner or was a 400-metre runner back in the 80s, 90s. And he is a silver medalist behind the lovely and wonderful Michael Johnson uh, in the Olympics. And he and his team won a gold medal, which was very unexpected, at the World Championships in Tokyo. And Roger has obviously come to the end of his sports career well, he would say a few years ago. Yeah. And since that time, you know, where has he been? Yes, he's been popping on TV and press and, and whatnot time and again. But actually, he runs his own fitness business oh, and, right. and gym. Yeah. So I was talking to him about that, actually. And I asked him what the difference was between being a sports person and now running a business. When I was running, I was doing one thing that I knew I was good at. And I had a very clear goal about where I was going because I knew the day, the time, the place of the Olympic final and everything, everything in my life was about that. Now I've got you know, family, I've got a portfolio of businesses, I'm doing a bit of this, bit of that. I don't have the clarity that I used to have as an athlete. Um, and that's a challenge, it is for all sports people. Uh, so my days fly by, but as an athlete, they, they seem to be a lot slower and much more clear because you knew what you were doing and where you were aiming for. So it is a different life. So it's not as easy, it would seem to me, as just going, OK, I'm going to be now running in my business rather than running around the track. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I was listening to a programme that Sue Barker was on, who's just finished working at Wimbledon. So she was a tennis player and then has gone on to have a rather spectacular career in the media hosting several well-known programs grandstand question of sport wimbledon coverage 
And she talked about going from one to the other. Maybe some of it was due to being in the right place at the right time, but I think due to her ability to learn, because as a sports person, it would appear that you're always learning. If you listen to people like Andy Murray, it was, oh, I've got to go and learn, I've got to go and change, I've got to go and do this, that and the other. Or Rory McElroy changing his, uh, his swing. That she was willing to go and learn and get as much experience as she could very, very early on. She said she was doing little bites between programmes on B-Sky Baseball. And she, she said she had people talking in her ear and this was what she was learning as she went to learn a new career. And how do they take what they've got from one career, which would be very competitive, very, very focused on just one thing, how do they go to this other career and do well in it? Some of it is needs must, isn't it, in a way, is that, yes, nowadays, a lot of sports people are very well paid when they're at the top of their game, others uh, less so, of course. But I think it needs must. At the end of the day, they're going to have the bills to pay, their money that they're in probably isn't going to last a lifetime. So therefore, they do need to make that transition. So in talking to Roger, the bit that I won't play you is actually he did say that. He's always in his mind that he would at some point come to the end of a career and then needed something. So if you know your career is limited then you're going to engineer yourself into your sort of second career. But I think there are other things as well that people have an anchoring after doing something. So it might be that people find themselves at the right place at the right time. Therefore, an opportunity comes their way. Do you think that's more like with people like writers? So they could be, you could be in your job, John le Carre. So he was maybe a spy. Who knows? But it sounds like he was a civil servant, but was writing. And if your passion is writing, then how do you get so that you can earn a living? But to earn a living from writing is very difficult. So maybe you need to have the two continuing on so that you can earn earn a living. But certainly being in the right place in the right time that your manuscript is accepted. So do you think it's this right place, right time thing? Do you think it's about networking or is it, you know, you've got to get out there, either your material has to get out there or you have to get out there. I'm sure that it is sort of networking in the right, right circles, being in those right circles, mm. going to the writer's groups, going yeah. to if theatre is your thing and, and being, you want to be an actor, mm. I'm guessing, you know, you're obviously going to do the Amdram and things like that, but it's going along and I don't know, is it, it, it might well be standing at the stage door. I can think about how I transitioned from doing a very mundane job to actually mm. making sure that I was at the right place at the right time when I knew that the guy who ran the radio station that I wanted to work at, he, I knew he was going to be there. So I yeah. sort of made a nuisance of myself in a way. So, if, I, if I take uh, my nephew, for example, he is now working in theatre. He, he's had a passion for theatre all of his life. He's a pretty good actor, but he's also a great painter. So he is in theatre doing scenic art and he has been determined in a very difficult world. But the right place, the right time, COVID. Right. Some might argue that isn't the right place. Not right time. time. (laughs) He was made redundant Ah. from his front of house job. He had been, he's a freelancer as well. So come the end of COVID 2021, well, we're not at the end, but, you know, Freedom Day and we all let out. He's, He's worked continually, but he's found that he could work continually because 
a lot of people have come out of that industry because they needed to have a much more stable job because they've got commitments, family. He's in the right place at the right time and now is working at the Royal Opera House. It's sort of kick up the arse, really. Mm. Um, and that, I wonder if that is actually slightly different than right place, right time, because your circumstances have changed that you have to do something. And so, you know, I'm thinking about my own experience. I've been made redundant three and a half times. Oh, yes. And <laughs> so I can't explain the half. Yeah. But yeah, and so that, that actually force of change of circumstances mm. means that you, you go on to do something else. And every single time, it's been a pain. It really has the first time. It was very much, very painful. Mm. But every single time, I realised actually it was the kick up the arse that yes. I, need, I personally yeah. needed. On one occasion, actually, I, I actually, it sounds terrible, I wanted to be made redundant. So I was making sure that the people who are going to make the decision knew that I was ready to go and ready to leave. Mm. So I think kick up the arse yes. is probably something, yes. di something different, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I've had one kick up the arse like that, which absolutely led me to sitting here. Wow. Really was. So made redundant, then had to find a job, found a job. But it was based on you're going to open up a new office in the south of England, southwest of England, to do what you do. And I had a blank piece of paper. I didn't know anybody. So here I am. So I started that early 2009, effectively, in the middle of grief as well, because my father passed away Christmas 2008. Mm. And I had to go out and get work in, having never done it. So, uh, and th yeah. there's nothing uh, that makes you more determined, I think, when you've got something that you absolutely have to do, mm. not just from a, I must go and do this sort of thing. This is my life's calling. Yeah. It's actually, holy crap, if I don't do this, my house goes, my, yeah. my, my living goes, everything mm. goes, my mm. family will not like me anymore. Yeah. And, I, I, you know, everything is... So one of the other things I thought that might actually make people transition from out of the frying pan into another frying pan mm. was... That sort of who you know, and it's sort of related to right place, right time, but you can turn up to something and you actually just happen to be there. Yeah. And somebody says, uh, you, you, mm. you, I, I, you, what's your name? You can do this. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, right place, right time. But there's a, it's a who you know. Mm. And I think that's really important. There's, there's many stories of people, I would, you know, I happen to know this person who knew that person, who knew yes. this person that said, oh, well, you know, basically the whole of LinkedIn Yes, is, is based on, you know, six degrees of um, separation mm. and who you know. And LinkedIn as a tool professionally is really good. But I know people are using it from in the creative industry to get themselves their next gig. I would say that who you know has become even easier because it's sort of who you know, who knows somebody. Yeah, absolutely. And you never know who somebody knows. That's my whole philosophy when I go out and talk to people. I don't know who they know. You tell people what you do. You say, this is what I can offer. And when people come and say, well, you're not going to get paid for doing this, I think, no, but I can give you the advice because I don't know who you know. I think this is, yeah, I think this is a really key thing. And, uh, and I hope actually, dear listener, that you're, you're listening to this and, and thinking, okay, it is who I know, but not necessarily who I know is who I know. Who knows? I, yes. I take your, I absolutely take your point. And there's many times that I've taken on somebody and it's been a recommendation. And my business actually, with my business partner, we were talking only this morning about how we trade on our reputation. Mm. And so who you know is, uh, and who you know who knows somebody 
is so, so important. Yeah. Really, really important. And building those networks. And it doesn't matter whether you're doing it physically or online with LinkedIn, but your networks will take you to wherever, where, wherever your passion needs to be taken. So it's quite ethereal in some ways, but then it can be quite, okay, this is what I want to do in another way. And what sort of people do you think actually benefit from who you know? I mean, we talked about LinkedIn, but I mean, that's yeah. everybody. But specifically, is there a group of people that spring to mind that might be working out, okay, who do I know? I think all of those that are coming out of uni at the moment. Good point. Those youngsters are being told, well, there's no work because blah, 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 because of our economic situation at the moment. So what are they going to do? And, and the other thing that we're being told as an older generation is they're going to do jobs that we don't know about. Yeah. That aren't even invented yet. Who are they going to talk to to get? It's the experience, isn't it? There's no harm in getting your mum or your dad or your auntie, your uncle or brother or sister no. getting you into that first thing. Absolutely not. Yeah, no, I, I hadn't thought about that, but you're absolutely right. I think yeah. that's, uh, there's, you know, nepotism. Uh, is, they've even got a word for it. <laughs> yeah. Because you, like, I think like, you're right. Like you say, it's, it's only to get you to that first stage and then yeah. you might discover there is something else that you hadn't actually thought about and then yeah. that becomes yeah. a, a, a career. Yeah. So, okay, there's another group of people that occurred to me that to make a transition from out of the frying pan were people who genuinely have a career who are very successful mm -hmm. in that career. Yeah. They use their professional success in another sphere. Richard Coles. Yes. He's, he, yes. Yeah. So if you don't know Richard Coles, he was in... The communards. The communards, yes. okay. And talking about groups, we might as well talk about Brian Cox as well because he was in yeah. uh, D-Ream. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, that, that shows our slight age and, and, does, and the, the, the usefulness of, of 1980s and 1990s <laughs> pop. Yeah, I mean, those two guys had um, have had careers and could be and were mm. very successful. Yep. Richard Coles becomes uh, a vicar of note and Brian Cox becomes, I don't know, some sort of scientist slash podcaster slash somebody else yes. who, who people, the media turn to if they yep. want to know about planets and space mm. and things very very good very intelligent guy he has a very clear way of yes. explaining things and i think that's his success so yeah. two people really who have arguably trading on a reputation because they get they're going in and say oh yeah brian cox is coming i know him yeah oh he's he? not the actor <laughs> not the actor yeah brian cox the guy yeah he's yeah. coming in or, or richard coles from the company we've got somebody from the communards coming in mm. I, I don't know if the clergy do that do they go oh we've got richard coles coming in from the communards let's make him a part of the clergy I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure that, that actually happened. Um, so probably Richard Coles is not a very good example. But then he's in the media. He's in the media. He does a Saturday morning show. He, right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, okay. So, uh, all right. See, full circle, like that one. Mm. So we're arguing here, maybe the point you make is true, is that Richard Coles, in the communards, very much an entertainment person, using that those skills and in the clergy and very yeah. good, very good speaker, mm -hmm. uh, and then using that in the media. So, so I, I see that. So I think, yeah, I mean, there are other people, several people I know who have had major changes of career, but mm. based on their reputation. And I'm going to go back to social media here, because I think that has a lot to play with it this. It certainly does, doesn't it? No. You can be an influencer. You can have followers in, in one sphere, and then you can use those people, those followers, to get you to the next career. Mm. And there's no harm in that. 
It used to be when I was helping people with um, their personal brand, I'm saying, well, okay, where's your personal brand come from? Does it come from finance? Does it come from property? Does it come from where? And how are you going to transition that into your next thing? And traditionally, it used to be very difficult. But now yeah. I think it's actually much easier because you just take the followers. You just start talking to them about mm. new stuff and new followers will follow them and so on and so forth. And, and, and it would appear that it doesn't matter in some ways how you use your followers. And, and I'm not being rude about how you use your followers. But your followers will follow you because there's something that they connect with. For me, a lot of it might be sports because that's one of the things I enjoy in life. You take Ebony Rainford Brent. Now, she was a cricketer. She's gone into broadcasting. But because of her background and her worry about young children of black and Afro-Caribbean background not being in cricket, she set up an ACE programme and that's now out in schools and that's being developed with the ECB all throughout the country. So she's now doing something, yes, coming out of her passion and her also social project as well. And I'm following that because of her. I think this is a fascinating subject. I honestly thought, I thought to myself, okay, this this idea of people having a change of career was not as big and as wide as we've discovered. Yes. I think that it is. And the conclusion I want to come to with this is actually, I think it is now more possible than ever it was to have a very successful career. Maybe you're working for somebody else. Maybe that's not the thing that you really want to do. Maybe it's the passion that that you once had, but now no longer do. Mm. And changing your career is now much easier than it used to be. And I I think that society can enable you to do so. It's not that you're going to be sitting in the bank from 18 to 65. You do have the opportunities out there now to take. If you don't get a kick in the arse and get redundant, (laughs) if you've not got a natural progression, Mm. maybe you have got a natural progression, you're coming to the end of one career naturally and therefore you've got to find something. It might be that you find yourself at the right place at the right time and then wondering, ooh, shall I tell this person about my real passion, my new passion? Yeah. And maybe the person that you're talking to is somebody who you should know. Or if not, they know somebody yes. who is. Yeah, yeah. And maybe you've also got a reputation mm. in one field. I think the bottom line of this is just do it. Just yeah. take that leap. Go into that frying pan and see what comes out of it. It's been a really entertaining podcast. Uh, Dorothy and I will be back next time. Really looking forward to that. Goodness knows what we've got. I have a guest, actually. I'm actually uh, spring a guest on you, Dorothy. And to make sure that you don't miss an episode of the podcast, make sure you do subscribe. You can always find all the information about our social media, almost certainly on the link that you found this podcast. I'm Alan Coote. I'm Dorothy Brown. And we'll see you next time. Bye.